To the mailbag episode of uh, No one knows the words you just said. Mail time, mail time. Let's all get for mail time. What's, mm, what is that? Blues clues, right? That's not how the song goes. Welcome to Dungeons and Dumbass. Mail time! That's it. It's mail time. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's the blues clues thing okay. you're going for. So, what we're trying to say is it's the mailbag episode. And you're here as usual with. Me, your host, Tyler Beardsley. Emma Wold. Artoon Nazareth. Christina Moore. And Dorian Keyes. Mountain. <laughs> Maybe we should do a, a Blues Clues podcast where we just watch every episode of Blues Clues. Mm-hmm. Comment, comment on it. <clears throat> you know that someone did that with, uh, God, it was, so, is there a, a movie called Baby Geniuses? Yeah, yes. or baby, like, there's baby geniuses, and there's baby geniuses two. too. Okay, that's two. what it was. <laughs> there's a podcast where I think two guys watch Baby Geniuses 2 once a week, and they give their commentary on it once a week. They oh. watch, that movie's one of the lowest oh rated God. movies on I think that's why they that's chose madness. it, and they watch it once a week. Lenny, get off the table! Um, but they watch Baby Genius, can someone get Lenny off that table? Okay. <laughs> They watch Baby Geniuses 2 once a week, and they just say things like, here's what I got from this 30th watch of Baby Geniuses 2. Oh and I think they watch it 20 more times after that. That's, I've heard of that's insane. But anyways, we're super excited about this episode. It's the mailbag episode where we have a bunch of questions that have been sent in uh, by different people, uh, and we're really excited to, to answer them. Um, one of our first questions... Uh, I love it. It's we're starting off hot. Okay, yeah. I'll read it out loud. It comes from longtime listener Mark Ruffalo. No, this this Michael Bublé. This comes from Josh Groban. Yeah, longtime listener, first time. What's it called? First time um, writing error. Yeah, yeah. Longtime lurker, first, first time, time submitter. First time submitter. Um, Michael. Well, no, that's not true. Michael Rubé has already submitted. It's Either Michael Rubé! It's Michael Rubé. We love you, Michael Rubé. Thank so you for Michael, listening. Michael uh, submitted a couple questions, the first of which... Yeah, I'll read it out loud. It says, It's clear from the story thus far that all your characters have significant backstories that will play a role in the campaign. For each PC, did you come up, uh, did you come up with a character idea and backstory first, then find the mechanics, i.e. class, race, spells, etc., to fit, or did you decide what mechanics you wanted to play and then build a character around it? Um, so far, thinking about this in relation to Christina's warlock, Hello. but can be applied to all. I think this is a great question, because yeah. where do you start with D&D other than your character? For those people who got lost at the length of that, he's essentially asking, in the character creation process, how do you get started? Yeah. You know, what is your, like, for you new D&D players, what is the first foot you can put forward yeah. in this crazy character creation process. And I think this question is yeah. take uh, the floor. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Steen. Um so it started with Tyler gave us like a history of the world of Relin 
So we would have a context of where we were playing to know, like, which land is lush and full of elves and humans, etc. So you knew where you could be from. And I and then, always do that with my stuff. I always think that's the best way to start is for a DM to give you at least a brief background of the setting and world mm-hmm. so that you have some basis to found your character in. So then then you go off and then I created my backstory and my backstory is extensive and has maps and genealogy trees and I don't share it with anyone because <laughs> I'm too nervous about it. I've seen it. It's I extensive would say and amazing. I would say though that similar to for the like acting crowd that follows us, um, similar to like the work you put in in a character in a play, even though 80%, I'm assuming, of what Christina's come up with for Thea won't come out like in actual words, having that sort of like super in-depth backstory really does help create a 3D mm-hmm. character with like wants and desires, I guess. But I mean, the thing <laughs> the thing is that's so nice and I'm so touched that you would say that after <laughs> the 50 shades of exposition mark if anyone remembers has been Dorian's previous commentary on my method of exposition. Um it's also an a tangled web for yourself because because I have so much backstory Thea is really invested in the life she's left behind and has a hard time integrating with what's happening right now. Mm. So, whereas people like... Characters like Melody and Dinkle, where they're kind of... I don't know as much about Dinkle, but Melody is kind of loosey-goosey on Mm. her backstory, and her backstory is more like she has the spirit of adventure and loves her flute. Uh (laughs) It allows Melody to be... Be more flexible with the journey, I think. Whereas mm. Thea, at every past, has to be like, I don't think I want to do this, but I maybe should? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I think it gives... I, I definitely think having an extensive backstory it gives you some sort of uh, core foundation. And, and 5e even sets you up for this with... Um, some of their when you look at like the background section of the oh, of the player's yeah. handbook, they even go through things such as like bond, flaw, ideal, mm-hmm. all of these things that you can pick from, and they have a, an extensive list in the book to really one kinda, of which is glass blower, which is what Thea is, and it's great. It 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 gives it like when you say like oh, I'm playing a D and D character and I'm a glass blower. That's a weird thing to say, but really informs other decisions. It makes all the life aspects of the game mm-hmm. really interesting and have and lets you have like investment in that. It also yeah. adds to fun moments. Like this is a moment that hasn't come up on the podcast and most likely never will. But Melody and Thea, while some like exposition was occurring in the other room, Melody and Thea had a nice little chat about glass blowing. And Mel er, and Thea gave Melody like a little glass apple. Like I think we brought that up. Did we bring that up in yeah, the podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I think but I think it's like Either it's way. a brief thing that gets overlooked and actually but can mean so it much. It can mean in the so story. much. Yeah. So I think yeah, a great D and D tip. Really invest yourself in like go through the book and look at those backstories mm-hmm. that they help you come up with and fill out your actual. What are those things? It's like. Your flaw, yeah, flaw bond, bond ideal, 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 and personality trait. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and they really they do they do go hand in hand. Like the details of your backstory 
where you came from, what you did, how you got here may or may not come up in a campaign depending on how integrated they are into the into the, plot, the plot and and into the world. I've had characters where it was integral and whether or not that thing would uh, like a, a secret from someone's past was going to come up was really exciting and, and important. True. And I've had <laughs> I know you're I've had a character where it ne- like where he came from never came up. My first character was a, a male dwarf. Um, but I think that what definitely matters for playing and helping you role play are those like ideals, bonds, flaws. Mm-hmm. If you know like what is important to me, what do I care about? What do I want? What do I, what bugs me? What, you know, what uh, is going to rub me the wrong way. But it's that being said so much more fun if you understand why those things are the way they are. Mm-hmm. And the backstory can really help with those mm-hmm. things with but putting I'll... a cohesive package together. Yeah, yeah. I also just want to say the more backstory you have and the more time you've put into this character, the more your stomach hurts every time you think they're going to die. Oh, which it, is it even better. Which is real fear into you thinking which... my hours and hours <laughs> of yep. thinking up this person and naming all of their siblings. It's the way it should be. Uh-huh. You're like, they're going to die and I'm going to yes. lose it. Now, maybe is better when... A character death means a death of a little part of like yeah. creativity that yeah, you've dude. invested yeah. yourself into. And that might be a personal tasting of mine that, you know, I try to instill in my campaigns and things, but I honestly think it is it's vital to having a an impor- like a really, really fun campaign that you're gonna stick with for a little while. There's a difference if you're having like a little one off sort of yeah. like uh, we're just gonna do one session for like mm-hmm. fun or something. Then you don't maybe don't have to be as you know yeah. extensive. But if you're gonna sit down and have an actual campaign, mm-hmm. get attached to your character and really try to feel like have the fear of death there. Oh, yeah. You don't mm-hmm. want to feel like you can just walk into yeah. everything and be invulnerable. Yeah. Where um, is Dinkle's fear of death, Artoon? Dinkle loves the fear of death. <laughs> I, I <laughs> let's unpack that. <laughs> well, so uh, no, we're not unpacking. What I do, what I do want to, what I do want to comment on though is we were talking a lot about a lot there about like backstory and kind of creating your character based off of this, um, you know, like who do you want to play, like what type of person do you want to play in this world? Mm-hmm. But I think like what you did for Dinkle was you started with like a race and a class before you did anything with yeah, your backstory. I, so the way, I mean the way. And that's I, kind of the opposite, starting yeah, with, like, mechanics. I, I kind of started with... I didn't know my um, class for sure, but I know, knew I wanted to play a gnome. Lol! Um, so, <laughs> that was quickly erased. But I thought it'd be so fun to play a gnome, because it's a gnome. He's a dwarf um, now, in case you I'm a dwarf him. now. Um, so I started with that, and then I kind of created a bit of backstory. I usually don't create as much backstory. I'm not, like, huge on it. His siblings' like, names change every time he brings them up. <laughs> I, what I kind of like is like, so yeah, I figured out what my backstory was and I was like, I want to, I'll be a sorcerer because um, I kind of felt, why not? Um, and what I really hold to is those, like the bonds and the flaws for me, like, you know, my bond is I'm looking for my known brothers and sisters. And so it's very easy at any point in the campaign if I'm feeling lost as to what I'm doing or if I'm in a city... I can just look at my bond. Fall back on the bond. My flaw, which has been uh, already 
been told many a times is gets very angry when people call him short. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... And that, to me, that's what I really envy, is that you picked something so concrete mm-hmm. and a reaction mm-hmm. so direct is... That's what I would recommend for creating your character. Like, if yeah. someone says Ooh. short it, or small, having a reaction, reaction you know you're going to have... It, I actually second that because I found that one that I... I don't do as much back work and do as more... Like, I feel like I build my character more as I, pl- as I play it mm-hmm. and try mm-hmm. to latch on. For example, um, out of nowhere, I decided a fun way to inconvenience the party would be to have Melody be afraid of camels. Oh, yeah. was that an improv decision? Oh, completely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say most of my <laughs> character work is built around trying to inconvenience the party or slow it down, <laughs> which oh would be Dorian. really heinous if Dorian's everyone... quest to be a level one commoner. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which it would be really obnoxious to have, so you can't have a party full of people doing that, but I do think it's nice to have one person do that. Yeah. Um, and only every now and then. And only every now and then. It, no, it's not like all yeah. my decisions, but I'll it's, just... Yeah, it's more in peacetime. It's like it's, Melody yeah. comes forward and kills all the bad guys, and then when everyone's trying to walk around, she's like, I have a fear of camels. Yeah. yeah. It's like, but you don't, you, and you don't do it all the time, but you just pick something that is like some little quirky thing that you can latch onto, similar to Dinkle being like, anytime someone even says something completely inoffensive relating to shortness, yeah. it's gonna be... But like, look at that short face. And he's like, what did you say? <laughs> just some, it, and it, I think it's really helpful in D&D to have um, little, like, sparks. Because otherwise, you can get kind of like... You can it's get kind of like, like what's my next objective? Yeah. Yeah. And I think having little sparks, like having little fears of camels, or having little, like... like um, Thea's love of like Obenheim or having no, Baca. Baca. Oh, oh my god, god. Thea's love of hearts of Baca, Prince of Baca Hearts and her distaste for Obenheim or Cora's like I have to carry this big totem that's like my exact height little inconvenient things that cause conflicts because in the end the conflicts that slow you down are the ones that you end up having the most fun with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Um, I think this goes hand in hand with the next question that was sent into us mm -hmm. about, um, asking the inspiration system in fifth edition is so vague that many DMS don't use it at all. Um, Mm -hmm. and the question is asking why uh, I choose to use it in this campaign and how do I decide if something is worthy of inspiration and how I interpret inspiration is not so much, it's very, very rarely determined by a die roll. I would say the only time I ever give inspiration uh, based on a die roll is if it also is matching some connection of like a a character choice at the same time. Mm -hmm. I reward, I like to reward inspiration for what everybody's saying here following these bonds and their ideals in situations that would either drive the plot forward or go against the plot in Mm -hmm. some way. And really when you're committing to these character decisions that you've made, that's when I like to reward inspiration is saying, you know what, you're really committing to this character of, uh, you know, you, you don't like camels or something. And in this, in this situation, the obvious move to move the plot along and like beat this encounter is for you to jump on the camel and ride out of there with the bag of money. But instead you're like, 
I'm going to try to flee on foot because I can't ride the camel because I'm horrified at, you know, mm. of it. Well, like, that sort of do, thing. You do what I like where you reward role-playing, where, like, if Theo says, I persuade Melody to look away, no, terrible, F-. minus. But when Dorian puts the effort in to craft the poem that Melody makes up to describe where the ring is, that's when you get inspiration for putting in that extra effort to commit to your character and play as them. I, I, think, think, that's it's nice. like a I think it's a great system because D&D is one of those classic examples of like, unlike some board games or card games that are just gonna be fun, D&D will be so lame if you don't invest energy and like if it, it's like a team build it's like Spongebob and yeah. it's a cardboard box right <laughs> when Squidward sits in it it's just a cardboard box and it sucks and then inspiration is this way of reminding you it's like the more that you're Spongebob and the less that you're Squidward the more everyone collectively gets out mm. of it it's like this great reward system for moments. Oh, yeah. Is this when Spongebob does the imagination? Imagination. The imagination Wait, that's perfect. Inspiration. Somebody, somebody please make a new, uh, a new, a new gift of that. Yeah. <laughs> and send it in so that we can... Um, Yes, yeah, so that we can show so it to can, all of our listeners. So we can so, show it to all of our listeners. Or, right or we'll do it, and we'll show it to you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> but <laughs> but what even what it what it does though is the reward for inspiration, um, because I don't, we haven't mentioned it yet, is that you get oh, yeah. you get advantage uh, that you can use whenever. An advantage mm -hmm. means in an instance where you would roll the twenty sided die, you can instead roll two twenty sided dice mm -hmm. and pick the better of the result. Mm -hmm. It's a Which, it truly is an advantage. It's yeah. a it is a great boon uh, to to a scenario. But what I love about it is that when you're rewarded, when you're rewarded for uh, with inspiration for doing some cool character choice, you're then granted advantage, which then encourages you to make other crazy character decisions. Yeah. Because mm. you can use your inspiration, you can use your advantage <laughs> to try to achieve something. Let it be known. Melody's every single advantage for Melody has gone has gone to playing the flute and has still failed. <laughs> yes. The dice no. They're so waiting. far, yeah, so far Melody has failed so many inspired and that's the one thing that I actually really love about advantage or about inspiration is that it is not a like game breaking it's not, set in stone. it's not like oh you automatically crit yeah. on this you literally thing. it's like you get one dice roll where you get to raise your average from a 10 on the dice to a 15 and it's not game breaking at all it's more of like for me the best part of inspiration is not getting to roll two dice it's about that moment where Tyler goes uh Melody gets inspiration or like oh like Thea gets inspiration uh -huh. and everyone goes what and we all freak out and it's yeah. this awesome moment. Oh, yeah. Those are my favorite moments in the entire game. Yeah. Whole game. The dice roll later is like a it's cool added. Yeah. It's a cherry on top, but it's not the Sunday of all of yeah. us getting to go yeah. together and Sometimes be like... Sometimes I don't even use it. I just save that check mark in my yeah. inspiration box <laughs> to look at it. You're but like, you're really, oh, what you're really good. doing is you're really just holding on to it for that one moment when it's like, 
okay, I've set this whole thing up. Mm-hmm. I told him I, ran, I run up the wall sideways and I do a backflip <laughs> and I land and I say my awesome quote before I fire my missile. Yeah. And it's like, this is the time that I've really set it up. Yeah. And I need, I need, I need a successful to go roll. Unfortunately, knowing the luck of most, most <laughs> of us on, on this party, uh-huh. um, you'd, you'd say, I need it. Let me do inspiration. I use my inspiration. A two. And you only roll lower. <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of like that. That is. But that also way. makes it better. Uh huh. Because one time. And as a, a and as a DM as a DM, I also think uh, it it creates a lot of. Uh, it's it's good. It's a there's good vibes. It's a way to reward your players, mm-hmm. um, on top of just you know giving them, allowing them to level up or giving them magic items. Inspiration is truly saying like you're playing like a good character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a, a huge benefit. Um, so I think we should, uh, I think, I think our, maybe our, 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 a big question that we should maybe end on for, for this mailbag is, um, how, how do you get started? I mean, this mm. is our first mailbag episode. How do you get started with D and D? Um, I know we've already been asked by a couple people, um, who've, who've chimed in and, and texted or, or messaged in saying, mm. um, that they've been listening to the podcast and that they're thinking about starting. So we should address that question of how many people do you need? Uh, how do you get started? What's the easiest way to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, I've played through now uh, three or four different editions of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I think fifth edition is far and away the best. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the easiest to start with too. They have a lot of stuff built in there for you. Um, you can go to probably any local game store right now and buy the D&D 5th edition starter set, which will just give you... Yeah. It gives you everything. It gives you, like, pre-made characters, an easy, simple campaign. You've done it. So I actually I actually did this um, with a group oh, yeah, of friends. Great. Give us a quick break. With a group of friends that. back home. So I'll try to make this quick. What happened is I played D&D before. Um, but I'd never DM'd, you know, I didn't really know anything about it. I talked to Tyler a little bit. You can get the Dungeon Master's Guide, which is another book that you could probably find there. But honestly, it is not necessary. What you need is the Monster Manual and the Player's and Handbook. The player's handbook. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, go get those. You need, you need the Player's you Handbook. You have to read through the Player's Handbook. That's you your, have first, to, your first You job. just have to read through it. It's a lot, but you just read through it. But Maybe it's so once. fun. It's so fun. Like, as Tyler uh, uh-huh. explained to me before... I read it before I played the first time. Reading the player's handbook, a new is like opening a big box of treasure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, and this, this is, is actually so the worst thing about. I started playing at three point five, like plus. Yeah. yeah. And there was not like one handbook. Yeah, it was no. like a there million. were like a, a million handbooks and the internet. Yeah. And that's why play five e three point five. Besides just being having a million different sources is also the most complicated. Yeah. It game. did a lot for D&D though. 3.5 yeah. Yeah, took, it was incredible. took yeah. a, a big leap and at the time it just, it got unwieldy. You yeah. can love your grandpa but still know he doesn't understand anything about the yeah. modern internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can love your grandpa and still be like, Grandpa, you don't know how to use Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> your comments are on my wall. Everyone yeah. can see them. Stop liking yeah. events that I'm interested in. Your Google searches are on yeah. your Twitter. Yeah. yeah, stop Google searching as your tweets. Come on, Grandpa. Um, um, but yes, so, so yeah, so you get those two books, read it, you know, uh, front to back, 
The pictures are also great. That's a great part of it. Yeah, um, especially the monster manual. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you have a friend who has a PDF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's another way to go about it for sure. Um, but then all you really need then is a group of friends. You can get the starter set. It's like pretty cheap. Um, if you're a first time DM, yeah. I would not recommend having the party be over four people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've would, done it. How many with, were in your party? There was eight in my party. But eight, I've played D and D before. I've yeah. played D and D for years, and it wasn't with like a group of total fresh off the boat. Yeah, he yeah. he he'd gotten a lot of fast experience. But, but you're probably gonna want four people. You could have five. You could have three. Four is um, what it's written for. But four yeah. is what it's written for. I would also recommend three and the DM if you if none of you have played and none of you have done it because I've done it with two and. Four and two felt like too small, and four players were hard for me to deal with. Uh-huh. Three, as someone who'd never done it before, felt like enough people to take on an adventure, but like not enough where I'm like, "What are you doing? Stop that! Everyone, calm down!" <laughs> and remember, I guess like the big thing about getting started is you just want you know people to have fun. You guys are telling a story together. Um, and so you just like, you need to just set aside, I guess for your first session, just set aside like four or five hours, have everyone mm-hmm. sit down. Um, if it's all new players, I'd honestly just suggest spend the first two hours of those five hours creating their characters with them. Yep. Yeah, I would on do it. one session of just, just character, maybe character creation, creation and world building. And world building. Yep. And then the starter set kind of and tells you what you need to do as a DM as well and like mm-hmm. tells you what to say at certain points. Does someone want to Boom. explain to me how, like we've always played two to, I don't know, four hour sessions. In Stranger Things, they're like, he's like, I wrote a 10 hour campaign and I'm like, did they go down the block to their local village? Yeah, so like, I don't well, understand. in Stranger Things, that, that's in the 80s and they're playing, they're playing advanced D&D, which is essentially like the second edition of, mm-hmm. of D&D which is where you'd get these things called modules. Yeah. And they're specifically using modules, which are a pre-written, like, dungeon. Also, when D&D first came out, it wasn't as much of, like, this epic storyline that we're doing, like, of this, you know, cool, very Game of Thronesy sort of, like, storyline. Mm-hmm. D&D was, you've got your characters, you start in a local village, uh, the bartender tells you, Oh, there's a cave that is yeah. out in the in the hills there, and mm-hmm. there's some goblins that we've seen. And you go into this dungeon, and you go down into the caves. You kill a bunch of goblins. You come back to the town. You get a reward, and that's the end. Like yeah. that's a module. Yeah. It's like a it's yeah. like a twenty page module and that just ha- is like pre written yep. for everything. And or and so like in terms of leveling for that, you just what sometimes just in that very beginning, you just are like shut up, old man, and you kill the barkeep and like. You don't. You just, that's, you just, you just, oh, think, you just don't do it. Yeah, it's yeah, not, that's that. not how things worked back uh-huh. then. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of like in a video game when you try to attack a commoner and it's just like, doesn't work. No. I, would also, <laughs> I would also suggest not doing that to, to your DM though. Like if he's maybe a, he or she is maybe a first time, a first time yeah. DM. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to actively work against the game. And this mm-hmm. is the balance of like, you want to, as a DM, you want to let your players feel like they can do whatever they want and have like mm-hmm. free reign over their decisions and choices just as they do in their own lives. But you also need to provide consequences. And as a player, you shouldn't treat this like Grand Theft Auto where you're just like, 
I'm gonna <laughs> march into the tavern and I'm just gonna randomly stab somebody in the face. Like I, it's just, it, yeah. That that cra- yeah. that that, that in- instantly turns the game o- over and like yeah creates a lot of a lot yeah. of problems. Yeah. You know, whatever it be, I would highly suggest you know finding those friends and starting a game of D and D. Step one: most, find friends. Yeah. <laughs> Get it, crawl out of whatever hole you're in, <laughs> listening to this podcast alone, probably on your drive to your miserable life. God, no, I'm just no. talking about myself oh now. My yeah, God. you could tell from his tone that he was commenting on his own. He life. went inward there. He um, went in. Yeah, he, no. went in. he went in. He went in. We love yeah. you in where your friends. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it will so play with you if you want to come hang out yeah. with us. Yeah. Um, and Text me. Yeah, you know, get this friend to just start playing. Also, also, do like guests sessions or something where like if you've got that's how Dorian got roped in uh-huh. to playing D&D originally was just once you've got like a little thing going maybe you've played a couple sessions with some friends and then you're talking to somebody else and they're like well yeah I've always like I've heard about d and I don't know like you know what is it like or something mm-hmm. have them come that over that is actually a direct impression of me yeah like <laughs> have them have them have them come over just like work them into the storyline somehow or just for like a little bit or just have them like watch and mm-hmm. see something and uh yeah that actually if I can somebody make exposed. one piece of advice if you're sitting here as just you Thinking like I want to start playing D and D. Depending on where you're at, it's so much easier for you to get started by joining a group of people who already play. Uh, and I know that in like my the the town that I grew up in, uh, a lot of my friends wanted to get started, and they went to like the local Game games shop. store yeah. where people would like Wednesday night was like D and D night, mm-hmm. and you'd go. And if you wa- if you just went and showed up and watched for a week and talked to like one of the four DMs that were there, mm-hmm. they'd just let you guest in the next one. And and that's a great way to get started. And honestly, what's crazy about D and D is that it's it has so many different styles. Everybody plays it plays it slightly differently because mm-hmm. it's totally determined. You know, the, the, it's totally determined by who you play with. So you could go watch somebody play D and D, and they'll play it in a totally different way, and it might jive with you or it might not. And then you could watch somebody else and they'll do it totally differently. Mm-hmm. And you kind of just pick and choose little things that you like here and there or you find along the way. And as you're reading through the player's handbook, you'll start to get a very clear sense of like what you like or what stands out to you. Just think about what you would want to do, you know, if you got to kind of create your own adventure mm-hmm. um, and how you would want to, to go on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's an awesome game. It's incredible. It allows for a lot of uh, fun times to be had, mm-hmm. and yeah. a lot of dramatic moments. Oh yeah, baby. Oh. Why? I think my other big tip would be, do like, turn D and D into an event. Oh yeah. So like when you're, like set up your D and D night. I remember my favorite sessions have been ones where it's like a week in advance. Um, I remember Artoon and I would like wake up, we'd walk to Tyler's house together. On the way there, we'd stop by Dunkin' Donuts, grab mm-hmm. a cup of Joe. Our friend, like, Ed would grab a big box of donuts from this other place. Mm-hmm. Yep. We'd, like, would accidentally yeah. bring additional donuts. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we'd have we additional would have, donuts. Yeah, and then we'd also, like, make a ton of eggs and bacon. Like, turn it into yep. a big ordeal. Sometimes Tyler would bake us, like, bread. old taverny bread, and we'd yep. have, like, Have ale. your D&Deep over. Yeah. yeah, have your D&Deep over. And, and have your, have your, like, 
commit to it like it's this big thing because it will be if that's what you want it to be. We would go through dinner and order in. Like, oh, yeah. We would play through dinner, order play in. through dinner, order <laughs> yeah. in. Stay all night. Stay all night. Yeah. And that's true. You usually, you need to commit at least two hours, I would say. Yeah. I think, I think two hours is like the base minimum that you need, but two hours is definitely enough time yeah. to have some good fun. I've also played sessions that have lasted like eight hours. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. The sweet spot's like five hours. Like yeah. I think, I think sweet spot is five. It's like a session with like a little like. With a little break, break in, in between. Yeah. yeah. I have never done this. Ooh, my favorite is when you think you're going to take a dinner break, but the story is just like moving. Yeah. So instead you just like, in your mouth. you order pizza and you're just, just shoveling it in while you're, you're yelling. Just, like an accidentally you like eat a die and you like. <laughs> You know, pass it I'm on not later. sure if you totally do get that, real. but yeah, yeah, get learn the Heimlich, um, <laughs> the Heimlich in the middle of it. I mean, we would do. I, I'll I'll always remember when we played one session in a we snuck into a Tufts building yep. after yeah. hours called the yeah. Hangar. And we kind of like take that tough drama department. Yeah, take that. Yeah, I bet you didn't know we did that. And <laughs> we ordered. We, we ran all around that. <laughs> we ordered calzones to there. <laughs> Had our whole group. Sharon's gonna have a fit when she listens to this. Yeah, she will. Some people brought like, like some people brought like like. Costumes and like whatever. And oh, like, I had a sword I would bring. Yeah, not a real movie. sword, a wooden sword. Was it, um, it was a wooden sword. <laughs> and uh, and it, we would just make a whole night of it. And, and stuff we'd like that. We'd play dramatic music. Yeah, we'd play music and we, there'd be yelling and running around. I ate my full body weight in animal crackers. Uh-huh. I'd eat an entire cow's out alone. <laughs> I, I, I also realized I had a robe I walk, I came into D&D mm-hmm. with at some point. So walking, around, walking around yeah. the house campus. <laughs> you know, you get what you give. Garbage yeah. in, garbage out. Yeah. Or... Or better than that. Yeah, energy in and powerful, beautiful moments out. So, uh, thank you again for listening in to the Dungeons and Dumbasses podcast. This mailbag episode has been awesome. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have a lot more questions um, that we couldn't even get to uh, in this episode. So, we're going to be doing more of these in the future. Check in for those. We've got some really, really cool things on the table that we want to discuss um, and keep listening in on the campaign and find out where Melody, Thea, Dinkle, and Cora wind up next. Um, you can email us at nerdsquadentertainment at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at nerdsquadentertainment. Uh, and don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Rate us for that hashtag level up. And uh, check out our YouTube channel um, at nerdsquadentertainment. Uh, for more fun and nerdy content. Happy Dungeoning. Players, roll for initiative.